Hey everybody, this is Alex. Hey, it's Natasha. And we are here to talk just for a second about Extra Crunch TechCrunch's subscription product. Extra Crunch is where a lot of our best analysis and follow-up stories lives. We focus a lot on startups, building, and even poke fun here and there. It's true. I also write a daily column called The Exchange that's over on Extra Crunch. And the good news is, if you don't have EC access yet, we have a deal for you. Yes, you can use, I think, the best code there is. So don't tell anyone who doesn't listen to Equity because they're not invited. The code is equity, all caps, for 50% off your Extra Crunch subscription. So head over to techcrunch.com slash subscribe. Use that code. Make us look good internally. We say thanks across the internet. And now let's do a show. Hello, and welcome to our equity shot on Airbnb's S1. I'm Natasha Mascarinas, and joining me is no other than Alex Wilhelm, TechCrunch's resident IPO expert. Alex, how do you feel? I, I thought we agreed on IPO queen before we started this. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was the, uh, the mutually agreed upon term. So I'm, I'm good. I just feel mislabeled now. I'm a little bit like a, a non-GAAP IPO expert, apparently. Oh, no. The, the IPO jokes are already beginning. You know, the filing just landed. We have a story out from Alex, a story coming from Danny, which is why he's not on the pod yet. He might make a guest appearance. I don't know. <laughs> but we thought it would be great to get our lovely equity listeners the numbers, the kind of grade on Airbnb and what's next. And so, Alex, maybe you can start us off by setting the scene on how you're feeling about your first glance at the numbers, first draft out. What, what's the story so far? Well, I was incredibly excited for one, just to just to point this out. Like, you know, I feel like we've been talking about the Airbnb IPO. I, I mean, since the term unicorn came into our lexicon, right? Until that joined our language, that's been a topic of conversation. This has been rumored since 2015, and finally, finally today at like 5:30 p.m. Eastern, the numbers came. So it, it's it's been a long a long wait. And then there, of course, is the context around what we're seeing. So we're seeing a company that for a long time was showing really, really strong historical growth and then ran face first into the pandemic. So Natasha, just kind of walking everyone through the highest level numbers here in 2017, in calendar 2017, because their year is the calendar year, which is nice and easy for us. Airbnb had revenue of 2.56 billion. In 2018, that grew to 3.65 billion, so nearly a billion dollars more revenue from 2017 to 2018. Impressive. Then in 2019, 4.8 billion dollars in revenue. That's a big number. That's a really big number. Some would say the year you go public. If yeah, you're you, smart. they could have. They could have come public last year. Didn't. Didn't. And then we needed to kind of dial in to look at some year-over-year -year comparisons. And we're not done with Q4. So what we're going to do is compare the first three quarters of 2019 against the first three quarters of 2020, okay? In Q1 through Q3 of 2019, Airbnb did about $3.7 billion in revenue. In the first three quarters of this year, that number was just 2.5 billion. So we've really seen Airbnb take a pretty big punch. And, you know, we expected that. The question is, is this good? And that is, I think, the kind of the big question we need to figure out over the next couple of days. You know, leading up to these numbers, we we saw the stories of Airbnb kind of pulling itself back from the brink, this focus on short term, short distance rentals. If we look into the month by month bookings, you do see the drastic story that you expected of all but a little bit drying up. And then Airbnb slowly starting to get some of its comeback story beginning. So can you tell us the month by month numbers that you saw? 
Yeah, for sure. So if you go back, uh, well, just for fun, if you're following along with us in the actual S1, go to page 11 and you'll see a, a table in there entitled monthly gross booking value trends, which is the least exciting sentence in the history of English, but also it's really, really exciting <laughs> in the numerical sense. So what's really hype here is Airbnb put kind of at the top of the S1, the chart that everyone really wants, which is what happened to kind of the core bookings activity on Airbnb's platform during the pandemic. No one really wanted the aggregate Q2 numbers. We wanted to know month by month what the hell changed. So they really broke it down and it's it's fascinating. So what we can see here is Airbnb growing, I would say nicely. In October of 19, they had 3.0 billion in gross booking values. In November of 19, 2.8. December of 19, 2.8 billion. January of 2020, gross booking value was 4.2 billion. February, 3.5, so going down. And then in March, it was negative 0.9 billion. In April, negative 0.6 billion. That means they were they were bleeding out gross bookings at that time. And then May begins the recovery for Airbnb, plus 1.1 billion. June, 2.7 billion, very close to where it was in November, December of last year. And then July, 2.8 billion. And then here's kind of the weird part of the story. As Q3 continues, we get into August and September, gross booking value declines 2.7 billion, 2.5 billion. And I think what you're seeing there, Natasha, is the impact of the pandemic getting worse, both domestically and abroad. And so the Airbnb recovery story is one for the ages, but it has not recovered to the company it was before yet. Right. And I, I do. Yeah, I do agree with you in that it is a story of resilience and it could have been a lot worse. And so I think that this S1 definitely deserves a pat on the back, even more than a cop on the back. Honestly, I'll give them some snaps for giving us better numbers than expected. I don't want to rush into you know what's next. But another little factoid that you mentioned in your story that I thought was worth mentioning was that we saw a huge decline in sales and marketing spend at the company. Makes sense considering they didn't have a ton of people to sales and market to, but we saw their their spending kind of go from 1.18 billion in the first three quarters of 2019 to just 545 million in the same period of 2020. What was your read on that? Just them trying to save as much money as they can to, to hope to show some kind of profit going forward? Well, I mean, you don't want to spend on advertising if your product is travel when people aren't traveling. And just an idea that I've had, and I haven't verified this yet because we're trying to bring this to you as fast as we can. So there's going to be a lot more work to do. We'll talk about this again a little bit on Thursday's show. But, you know, when you're advertising local bookings, how much work do you have to do? Like when my wife and I wanted to go away for... uh actually about a week, we were just looking for cabins in our state. And that's when I realized that the local story for Airbnb was big because every single thing was booked for like three months in advance. But I bet Airbnb spent more money advertising or exotic things like leaving the country, going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Probably more expensive to advertise that type of thing than it is to rent something that you can drive to. And so I bet as their business pivoted towards this more local affair, I bet there was a natural decline in their costs. And of course, to be clear, their revenues were declining rapidly and you want to curtail your easiest expenses first, which is going to be your sales and marketing spend before you get to cutting the meat of the company, which is the staff. And they also did that. So I'm not shocked to see this enormous decline in sales and marketing spend. One fun thing to see in their Q4 earnings that we'll eventually get our hands on is how fast is the spending rebound and what percent of 2019's sales and marketing spend do we see in Q4 of this year? I don't know. But I think the decline that you highlighted shows how serious they were about cutting costs. And this would be a much worse document if they hadn't. Let's talk a little bit about profit and and what they gave investors and are hoping to convince investors to bet on when they do eventually price. What did they share? 
Okay, so every S1 has, well, every good S1 has a breakdown of quarterly results. And Airbnb gave us essentially three years minus one quarter because we're still you know, in Q4 of this year of its quarterly breakdown. So we can see historical trends. And one thing to point out or to understand is that Airbnb has a somewhat seasonal business. Now, that's not a huge surprise to anyone who knows how, how seasonal travel is. But one thing that's really fascinating is the September 30 quarter or Q3 is profitable for Airbnb. I don't really know why this is the case, but in Q3 of this year, Airbnb had about 219 million in net income on a gap basis. Q3 of 2019, it was 266 million as I lean closer to my screen to read the little numbers. And then in Q3 of 2018, it was $338 million. So the, the, the Q3 tends to be profitable for Airbnb. So the last period they've shown to investors is Q3. It is profitable and it is enormously larger than Q2. So in Q2 of this year, Airbnb only had revenue of 334, 335 million. In Q3, it was 1.34 billion, which is this shows you the scale of this epic return to form at Airbnb. Still down compared to the year ago quarter, but massively better. So the profits look nice, Natasha. It's a great thing to highlight, but it's also how Airbnb operates every year. So I don't know okay. how much extra points they're going to get for that from investors. Right. And and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but in terms of when we do get our Q4 numbers, you know, what does Airbnb need to prove? I mean, if I if I was oh man, that's tough. Uh I I think as close to Q3 as Q4 can get the better. If you look at Airbnb's revenue historically, it's smaller in Q4 than Q3 because apparently people don't rent Airbnbs as much in the fourth quarter or they rent cheaper ones at least because revenue tends to go down. But revenue is already down from the year ago period in Q3. So if it could get close to its Q3 numbers in Q4, that would show some resilience and some strength. I don't think it will. And so I think we're going to see some revenue declines in Q4, both on a year over year, probably, and a sequential quarter basis. I think you really just have to believe in Airbnb to value this company where it wants to be. I mean, think about the brand this firm has. The right. brand's enormous. We were all just hanging on Twitter waiting for this document to drop. <laughs> that means we care, Right. And I think a lot of investors are going to look at this and say, look at the rebound, look at the occasional profitability, look at the history of cash generation and give it a pass and buy it on the brand and the expectation of a return to form. The vaccine news, bad for DoorDash's IPO, great for Airbnb's IPO. So I feel like there's a lot of value here. Totally. I would say that it's even poetic that we saw Moderna's trial kind of announce promising results the same day that Airbnb gave a pretty good S1. And that news coming at the same time, I think, you know, will be remembered. And I agree, Alex, I think that Airbnb was the startup story for so many people. I mean, everyone I know in my world has gone and used an Airbnb at some time. I think investors putting money into Airbnb will be investing in it the way that they think of Twitter, hopefully with better, better returns. But it's like you invest in these companies because you believe in them. And you believe that pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, they will be important. It depends on how cities react to short-term rental regulation. Airbnb did talk about it in its risk factors. I wouldn't be surprised to see an, a pop when it does price, which by the way, when is that happening? The pricing will come in time. I don't think we have a firm handle on that okay. yet, but what we should see next from the company is an S1A that will include a first kind of range of numbers. It'll say X to Y per share. And then we'll all say, ooh, it's worth about, you know, about Z at that price. And then Airbnb from there could raise its range or it may just price right away. 
a, a lot of new ones to come because this is so new. We haven't heard any scuttlebutt on investor demand or share price ranges. So it's hard to say like, will will the first range be low or will it be high? I don't know quite yet, but pricing ranges, then a price, then it will trade. Here's a bull case on, on Airbnb. If people keep the habit of renting nearby bookings with Airbnb once we have a vaccine, and then they also return to booking Airbnbs for travel, there could be an extra business now built into Airbnb's user base. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but if I was an investor and I really believe in the company, I might believe that. And therefore, I might think these numbers are better than they otherwise look in uh, strictly kind of like financial terms. We saw Aaron Levy, the CEO of Box, tweet something saying that Airbnb IPO is the perfect market hedge. Even if you believe that the vaccines come in quickly, people want to travel. If you don't believe it's coming quickly, then people want to travel close to home. If you want to see it, you will see a success story in Airbnb. But I think that's kind of all the information we have for you now, Alex, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. We have a lot of stuff coming. We're digging through the ownership data, seeing which VCs paid what for what blocks of shares. So stick to TechCrunch.com if you want to get all the latest. But until then, I think we're good. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Talk to you on Thursday. 